we are freestyling it today on the Bridge Church podcast. There risky, is risky. yeah, high risk, high reward. It'll be interesting <laughs> to see actually if people are like, oh, that was so much better than the clunky questions. Just freewheel it. Clunky questions. Who knows? Well, someone might say that. I'm offended, Dave. Yeah. Well. That's what the people might be feeling, Matt. Uh, <laughs> or they might say, no, no, please go back to the way you do it normally. Yeah, exactly. So I was at Emmanuel on Sunday morning. You were there on Sunday night, mm-hmm. but you were preaching on joy on Sunday morning. Well, yeah. Love, love, and, love and joy. Love yeah. and joy. How can I forget? Because there's lots of love in it. Um, <laughs> there was. Is that a comment on the length? That was a comment on the length of my sermon no. and my first sermon point. No, no, no. You could, there's a smile on his face there's, right now, ladies and gentlemen. I'm feeling a whole lot of love right now. <laughs> One of the things I thought was interesting was you said about how Christian love is distinctive and it's attractive to the world. Mm. But you also said people hate us for that love as well. Mm. So my question is, why why do they hate us? But that seems, in some ways, people might think, well, surely if I'm being a Christian and being loving, people will be attracted to me and that's the end of it. Why is there yeah. the hatred of it as well? Um, I th- well, I, you're, interesting question. The, the I think the point I was going for was that the, the fruit, generally and our close walk with the lord people will notice but and sometimes that will draw them sometimes they'll be repulsed yeah so when i was talking about sometimes them being repulsed i wasn't thinking particularly about love there okay but i get i guess that yeah i i guess that could be the case well, because after all speaking the truth in love christian love is to to do so in the right way and wisely at the right time but to speak the truth and so that's sometimes going to offend people rather than Yes. Them. And if we think of the fruit of the spirit as well, basically the embodied life of Jesus, he showed the fruit perfectly. Yep. Uh, this is a spoiler. and I feel like everyone should know this. Jesus was murdered. <laughs> so he perfectly yeah. showed love, joy, peace, patience, yes. etc., and was murdered. Yeah, exactly. So, yes. It's that stuff in John's gospel, isn't it? Of the people loved the darkness because their deeds mm. were evil. So yeah. there's a winsomeness to it, but also uh mm. People are repelled by it because they don't like, well, they don't like the Lord, do they? Yes, exactly. Um, again, speaking about love, uh, it's always funny whenever we say it, isn't it? I'll tee you up for the question and give you a chance to think about it. But you mentioned about how um, we have to love unlovely Christians, mm. <laughs> which is always a funny concept, you know, to admit, you know, uh, we're called to love people out there in the world. Mm but we find it hard to love within the church. Yeah. Why and is it, that? Well, I, and I don't think it's just about, I mean, I suppose it, m- it might be the case. We think of particular Christians that on the whole, we naturally yeah. <laughs> find them unlovely, but that wasn't the only point I was making. I think the other point I was trying to make was that, that we're all unlovely at times. Yes. And so the challenge for me is for me to love Dave Lauder or whoever I'm very at, unlovely. At that, at that moment, they're being unlovely. Am I still loving them then? Because that's the way that we've been loved. Um, but the reality is that we we have natural... We talked about this in the friendship series, didn't we? We have natural friendships with people. We click with particular people, have chemistry, things in common, and then other people in the church. Um, apart from Jesus, we, we don't naturally have a lot in common with them. We wouldn't normally click with them if yeah. they were in the outside world, but they're brothers and sisters and we're called to love them. So 
So yes, uh, loving the unlovely in that sense is something we're called to do within the church. Yes, because there should be that element of people should look at the church and be like, how on earth are all these different types of people together in the one place? Mm. Um, I think as well, whenever we think about loving the unlovely Christian, it's uh, often because we think that we're the right yeah. type of person. So <laughs> never it never occurs to us we might not be unlovely. <laughs> yeah. So we might like, not be lovely, I should say. Yeah. It's all, yeah. almost like, oh, why are they so difficult and I am so class? <laughs> um there's a plank and a lot an aspect thing going on here, isn't there? Yes. Well it's the it's the humility thing of like, well, I find them difficult mm. but that's because I am difficult. Mm. Um, and and I think this touches on something I also mentioned in passing, which is that there's when you look at love and joy, there's similarities between the fruit of the spirit and natural love and natural joy, you know? So whether someone's a Christian or not, generally speaking, yeah. people love their parents. They love their children. They love their close friends. Yeah. And there are similarities, but big differences too, as we saw on Sunday. And the problem I think for us as Christians sometimes is when I'm interacting with other people in the church, I'm thinking about the natural variety of love. Yeah. And I'm not thinking about the love that's a fruit of the spirit. And that's what I should be focusing on. The spirit given, spirit empowered, love for the unlovely, the love that wants to see people redeemed, forgiven, yes. et cetera. Yes. I think it's interesting as well, whenever you think about loving the unlovely, we do have sort of expectations that people should just get us straight away. <laughs> so I find whenever I get annoyed uh, with my wonderful life, she sometimes i'm like how does she not know i don't know how you get annoyed with amy honestly i read amy i really don't get it well she's a sinner <laughs> take that aim no <laughs> this is why it's not as much be, as you <laughs> yeah, yeah this is why it's bad to be unscripted i am the athletic stinking sinner but like i i get annoyed in the moment because i'm like how does she not know this about me by now yeah. that i can't you know talk past 10 o'clock at night like my brain's shut down but we, whenever we get annoyed with other Christians who aren't our spouses, we're like, how do they know, not know this about me? I'm like, yeah. oh, wait, I haven't actually spent that much time with them yeah. to help them understand how to love me better. And I think there's a connection there, isn't there, with um, the Paul has that wonderful, famous passage, 1 Corinthians 13, yes. it talks about love. You said this on Sunday. <laughs> and, well, it's, yeah, I think it's funny that it's in a conflict in a conflict situation, we use it in weddings so much, but Brilliant. it is a perfect illustration of love. Yeah. But it's, you know, that that love is, Paul talks about it in the context of it's been a body and having unity. Yeah. And that there were things that the Corinthians had big differences about. But he's saying, look, if you, if, if you put on love over all this, lo love is the glue that binds everybody together. Mm. Love is, you know, this is why I was saying it's the, prime, the primary Christian virtue, that all the other virtues seem to flow in some way from love the love of god and our love for one another yes uh, how how do you think we're thinking about love and it's obviously very practical in terms of thinking about how we love people in our new life groups our neighbors our communities how can singing on a sunday love another christian mm. um again i think this connects with stuff we talked about in the past isn't it that yeah. worship it's like the worship one two three might might cost but you know the as he, he breaks down what worship looks like when we're worshiping primarily that worship is aimed at God. We yeah. are worshiping him, giving him his worth, praising him. 
But in corporate worship on a Sunday, we're also there for one another and to serve one another, encourage, exhort one another. Yeah. Going back to Hebrews, exhort one another. And that we do that because we love each other. So the way, just like the way I lead, someone leads the service, the way I preach conveys, hopefully, my love for the congregation. So the way that we sing when we're there on a Sunday, yes, it, that's serving one another too. It's not just about me and God. It's about me and you. Uh, in that horizontal loving Christian relationship too. Yes, because it is it's funny that there's certain people I won't uh, name them, but if you stand behind them, you <laughs> they're singing so loudly <laughs> that you're almost the wind it puts wind into your sails yeah. uh, for yeah. lack of a better term where I'm, I'm spurred on to love the Lord because I'm like, oh, they they're buying into this. Yeah. I Like they're helping me. Oh, mm. they're not in some cases they're not the best singer mm. but the fact that they're i do not care about you know how i sound mm. i sound beautiful to the lord that helps me well love other people by singing and not yeah. thinking too much about how i sound yes we we can um we don't think i we think about love for god when we think about our worship we probably don't think enough about our love for one another yeah and as you're talking there i'm thinking of the psalms where the psalmist is often praising God, but he's often saying, praise the Lord of my soul. He's talking to himself yeah. and he's saying, oh, Israel. And he's talking yeah. to his brothers and sisters as he's worshiping yes. too. Yes. And it's that uh, Colossians 3 stuff, isn't it? Like teaching and admonishing one mm. another, Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Yeah. But it's all from a place of love, like love is talked about in Colossians 3, isn't it? Of putting it on. Yeah. Yeah. It's Fiona and Joshua's wedding passage, isn't it? Yeah. Um, hmm. So I, I know this is, basic basic training really for christians but why how is jesus love for us the the coals in the fire for our love for one another for neighbor well there's so many things i could say there but i think it's for me it's it's what stops it being theoretical yeah because you could put together a sermon on love without too much difficulty and say the right things but yes a non-christian could almost preach well yeah <laughs> careful and, dave and, <laughs> but they can preach on love and say lots yeah, of true things and agree with a lot of it too yeah. but if i am walking by the spirit yeah if i've got a relationship with god through jesus if i'm talking to god if i'm hearing from him and if i'm really seeing what jesus did for me at the cross then it can't fail to some degree to bear this fruit to yeah. bring love out of me for other people yeah because he first loved me, yes. as John says. Yes, that's really helpful. It's the experiential affection side of it. It's not. This isn't. Love's not a theoretical thing, is it? Yes. It's. It's. It's a from the heart. It's a whole person thing. Yes. And when I see Jesus' love for me, that stirs my love for Him and for His people. Yes. Um. That that's the one John stuff, isn't it? Since God so loved us, we should love one another. But even I suppose whenever you think of it not about Jesus' love for us, but whenever someone loves you and is sacrificial towards you, it does stir up in you mm. the desire to return that mm. or to pay, it, to pay it forward. So you can sometimes think, oh, well, Jesus on the cross, that's so detached from my experience. You can think, well, in human life, when someone shows me love, that stirs up emotions in me. So we simply need to, well, you said on Sunday again, then you preach to yourself, think about mm the cross and think about that's how much i've been loved how can i 
yeah. pay it forward. It's, it's, it's quite a simple thing, really, isn't it? But yeah. I just find I don't do that yeah. enough. Yeah. And again, it's not about doing a certain amount of every week, so I'm a great Christian and I can tick a box. But it's about relationally. Why don't I do this more? I just spend mm. that time with the Lord, thinking about his love for me, talking to him, because that would that's me cultivating this love that the 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 fruit that the spirit is growing yes yes youth bible said in sunday night we talk about romans 12 1 in view of god's mercy offer your body as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to god this is your true and proper worship don't know why i said it all but whenever we did in view of god's mercy like in the room it's very tangible to feel that we feel as though we deserve mercy yeah there's a de- definition of not mercy yeah it? we're just like well yeah. Jesus probably should have died for us because we're pretty class. Yeah. And I think whenever we have that view, we love little because we un- we yeah. feel like we're we've been forgiven little. Well, it's the same with the, the the word and the idea of grace, isn't it? We we probably know how to define it. Yeah. But actually a lot of the time in my sinfulness in the flesh, the way I feel about grace is it's God gave me a helping hand. He sort of got me over the line. No, yeah. no, grace is, is everything. It's yes. the whole shooting match. I would be dead in sin if he didn't make me alive. That's grace. Yes. We we um we we um we cheapen these concepts sometimes. Yeah. I think honestly, in the way we think of them. Well, yes. Um, he in Sunday two Corinthians four for me, Emmanuel, the God of this age has blinded the eyes of unbelievers. Mm. You don't make yourself unblind. Yeah. Ephesians two that I'm doing that. Phil Swan's church, not this Sunday, but next Sunday, you were dead. Yeah. Like, I don't think corpses just come back to life. Like we, and that's grace and mercy. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, and that's love, isn't it? To bring yeah. what's dead back to life. Yeah, uh, we mm. talk a lot about love, and we said before we started recording, we would talk more about, about joy because uh, on Sunday I talked a lot about love, and I I didn't feel your, enough your, about joy. Your words, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, joy. Well, I suppose you did touch, you definitely did touch on it, not suppose, you did touch on it on Sunday. Joy and happiness, those two mm. are almost interlinked in many people's minds because of the movie Outside In, where joy is an emotion, mm. but we're saying it's not. Isn't it Inside Out? <laughs> yeah, Inside Out. Like I got my, uh, I was thinking of something else. Sorry, I put you off your stride no, now, no, carry on. We think, okay. Happiness versus joy. Yeah, happiness versus joy. We think it's joy is an emotion. Mm. but you were almost saying on something that's like a state of being i honestly i still find this really difficult to put into words and i've been a christian for a few decades now um what joy is because i remember when i preached on joy a couple of years ago can't remember maybe in christmas time i was saying joy is different to happiness yeah and somebody um came back to me and said quite rightly well hang on the Old Testament uses the word happy. Happy is the person who, yeah, which blessed. is another way of being blessed. Yeah. So you can make too much of a distinction in one way, because as I said, Sunday, there are similarities. Yeah. Um, but joy or spiritual happiness, or however you want to phrase it, is different because it's got a supernatural source and because in its nature, it's just so different. So, yes. um, I, but I, yeah, I still find it hard. So I think Ken's, for the book I'm reading on the Fruit of the Spirit by Alan Cairns was really helpful in that he was saying that, that joy is taking pleasure, taking delight in God. Mm. So it's not necessarily a strong upwelling of emotion, though our emotions are part of it. Okay. Um, and I think that was one of the things I was trying to say on Sunday. I don't know if it came across, so well done, give me another chance to say this. You, know, <laughs> you look at 1 Peter 1 verse 8, 
where he talks about that joy inexpressible and full of glory. So on the, on the one hand, I'm thinking, I want more of that, that this powerful experience of joy, that the joy I'm going to see one day when I see Jesus face to face, bubbling over into the present. Yeah. yeah. I want more of that. On the other hand, I also don't want to be giving the message to others or to myself that if I'm not feeling this obvious, powerful emotion of joy, then there's no joy in my life. Yes. Because actually joy is a, is a deep thing, a deep affection, a deep gratitude, part of my relationship with God. So even when I don't feel powerful emotions, it doesn't mean joy is absent. You know, I can't remember if I mentioned on Sunday the example of the apostles praising God. Yes, Acts. Yeah. In, in prison. That they were worthy to be, yeah, punished for the sake of the name. Isn't that yeah. the term? So not only is it not dependent on circumstances, but you can be feeling powerful emotions of potentially of fear, of dread, of but, depression, and still have joy. Yes. Because if I was going to preach on joy, like say, for example, I was going to preach on joy last Sunday, but then something happened, which meant that I didn't end up preaching on joy at the Bridge Church. I was thinking of doing Romans 5 because in Romans 5, Paul talks about we've been justified by faith, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that our suffering produces endurance, endurance, character, character, hope. Hope does not put us to shame. Mm. God's love has been poured into our hearts. Paul says there that joy is not dependent on your circumstances so yeah. you can rejoice in your sufferings because actually not having cash not having mm. children not having a spouse not having all these earthly things pushes you further into the joy of the gospel yeah. that you've been justified by faith mm. you have peace with god which i think yeah. is so contrary to our thinking isn't it yes. it's like i've got everything else and here's a little bonus i've got jesus as well mm. rather than no, and, the bedrock. and joy, joy is a deeper thing than that. It's like bedrock, isn't it? You know, you see it cropping up in the landscape occasionally. Yeah, but it's always there. And I think for the Christian, it's always. There. And yes, you want to cultivate it more. Yes, I want more of one Peter one verse eight sort yeah. of joy. Yeah, definitely. But you also don't want to play down the joy that's there. So you know, talking about our emotions, they're complicated things. Yeah. Um, and you can have this Christian joy whilst also mourning, like at a Christian funeral. Yeah. You can have this Christian joy whilst suffering from anxiety, depression, yes. mental illness of other sorts. You can have it. It won't necessarily be obvious all the time. Yeah. Because this other emotion is, is just so in your face. But it doesn't mean there's not joy there, which yes. is hence my Ken's quote and my saying it's about that pleasure, delighting God and all that he's done for you. Yes. Um, question. We sort of talked about this earlier saying the question i don't know why my question is uh there have been experiences in my life where i think i've experienced the joy of the lord mm. and you were saying the joy on sunday maybe i've misunderstood is about that moment when you first believed so let me give mm. you an example of a time mm. when i felt like i had joy yeah two examples one uh the first time someone explained Romans 12, verse 1 to me, yeah. all my life can be worshipped to God, picking up the milk from a cereal, mm. playing rugby, talking to a friend, enjoying a good food. I experience joy because I'm like, the Lord Jesus not only has saved me, but he's been kind enough to save me, to allow me to live life in all its fullness. I was like, I literally yeah. was just so overwhelmed by happiness that I'm like, oh, I can 
live a life and not just be a miserable Christian. Yeah. That was a moment. That was a moment. Here's another example. This makes me sound mental. Um, (laughs) The rain started pouring at camp two summers ago, and we really didn't want it to rain on this particular occasion. But that morning, I'd read uh, about how God sends his rain on the righteous and unrighteous. Mm. And in this little book that I was reading, it said, when the rain falls on you, consider the fact that the Lord has poured his uncommon grace in the mm. Lord Jesus on you. So next time it rains, think about the fact that yeah. God's poured his mercy on you. Yeah. And I stood out in the middle of a rainstorm just feeling overwhelmed by God's goodness. <laughs> yeah. yeah is it. that happiness or is that joy? Or what, like, because I'm almost trying to, what does that look like in everyday life? I, I, I think that's that's Christian joy, that's biblical joy sort of bubbling up. And this is... This is why I struggle so much in this topic to be to be balanced about it because I want to experience more joy in my Christian life. Yes, but I also don't want to say it's not there because I know it's there. Yes, there is. I would rock. say that you're a joyful person. Oh, well, good to know. I, I hope my family would agree with that. Um, so you know, the, the, if the reality is, if you are truly a Christian, if you've been born again, there there is joy in your heart. But it's also a fruit. We want the spirit to grow. We want to see more of it. Mm. Paul, uh, Peter describes that joy and express one full of glory. He seems to be talking about like normal Christian experience, but then normal Christians like me, I think, are saying, I don't feel that all the time. Yeah. So it is about experience and emotion, but it's not just about experience and emotion. It's deeper than that. It's more fundamental than that. And and going back to your, you know, you're saying about me talking about when I experienced that one Peter, one type of joy when I came to faith. Yeah. Got to be careful there as well, because... That's not the case for all people when they come to faith. Yeah. Some people come to faith. It's a much more gentle or gradual experience. Some people can't point to a date in the diary. Yeah. Um, they, they can't think of a time when they didn't believe. Yeah. But then later in their Christian walk, they, they might have this powerful experience of joy. So I, what I was wanting on Sunday, and I wish I could convey it better in the time I had, is I, I want me and people in the British to be really seeking that one Peter joy whilst also um, not despairing because they don't experience that every day and saying to them, if you belong to Jesus and if you take delight in him, mm. as Ken says, that's joy begun. That is joy. Yeah. But hey, let's let's seek it more. Why not be a more joyful person and a more joyful church? Why would you not want that? Yeah. I think you do yourself a disservice when you're like, oh, I could have done better because you have the spirit in you and you spoke what God wanted you to speak. But that's a... By the by, I consider myself rebuked. Um, <laughs> but so, I suppose let's do two more questions. Um, if we think of joy like rushing through a pipe, what's mm. some of the gunk and gunge that can <laughs> block up yeah. that uh, pipe? That means it do- we yeah. don't feel a caution through our veins? Good question. And I'm glad you asked because there are a few things I, I cut out for time reasons on Sunday that kind of are, that kind of speak to that. I think an obvious one is, is sin when yeah. there is shock. Sin, particular idolatries in my life, particular things that I, I rushed to, to take joy in instead of rushing to God. Yeah. Then to clear those out is to clear the gunk out so I experience more joy. Having said that, you've got to be careful here. I don't clear the gunk out. Jesus. It's, ultimately, the it's the Holy out. Spirit doing it. But walk that tightrope man yeah it's, it's the synergy thing i have yeah. my part to play it's not an equal partnership i have my own part to play in cultivating that ultimately the spirit gives the fruit ultimately the spirit kills that sin but yeah clearing sin out 
and wrong thinking. I did touch on this on Sunday, you know, consider it pure joy. Um, James says, and I think that shows that our minds, not just our, we separate our mind and heart artificially anyway, but our minds are involved, not just our hearts, our emotions in cultivating joy. So focus on the good things. Yeah. Um, be reading our Bible, be talking about the Bible to yeah. each other. Um, talk about eternal realities. This is what I've got to look forward to as a Christian. If I talk about heaven to you, yeah. that's going to stir joy. Yes. So I think those are a few things. The, okay. So clearing out bad thinking, clearing out sin. Yes. I'm going to go for a risky one here. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> this might get cut out. What What about like if I'm spending all of my money, all of my time on other things mm. other than the Lord? I'm I'm seeking to find joy in those things. Yeah. So almost, uh, I was challenged by this recently. That like actually, if I spent less money, or if I gave more money, oh, careful legalistic. <laughs> but that, that's well, you're of, saying this for yourself, aren't you? You're not yeah, saying this for other people. Yeah, and kind of just like the fact that I spend so much time and money on other things other than Jesus, says the paid minister. Mm. Naturally, that means I'm going to find more joy in rugby. Because that's what I spend my time thinking yeah. and, and, and enjoying. It's, it's an interesting point, isn't it? Because God, God is a good God. The earth is the, the Lord and everything in it. Yeah. And it's it's good. Yeah. It's okay. It's not just okay. It's good to enjoy the things of this world. Yeah. And to be happy in them. But you're right. It's what what's our main focus. And I think everything we're trying to say so far in this series on fruit of the spirit, and I'll keep trying to say that the fr the fruit comes from the spirit, and as we're seeking to cultivate the fruit that's always got to be a relational thing yes it can't just be me working harder at it yeah. and me thinking if i spent more of my money and my time doing this yes. i'd have more joy because yeah. it doesn't necessarily work that yes. way but you're right yes if it's connected with relationship and where i'm focusing my relational energies then that is the, that is a helpful way to think yes i remember in ethiopia they said the difference between us and you westerners is that uh you have you have things and God, we just have the Lord Jesus. That's yeah. that's all we've got. Yeah, exactly. And obviously they have their own issues, but there's a lot of joy mm -hmm. in some of the poorest parts of the world because they're not distracted by things of the world. And I, and I think this is this is probably one of the reasons that I'm I've often seen the most obvious joy at, at Christian funerals. Because yeah. and, and again you've got to be careful there. I don't think it's always the case for a Christian who's lost a Christian family member that they feel powerful joy on the day of the funeral. That's yeah. that's often not the case. Yeah. But you, you do sometimes see that. And I think the reason you're seeing it at times like that is because people are realizing this day is reminding me that actually, ultimately, Jesus Jesus is all I've got. Yeah. And I've got him. Yeah. And that, that joy then wells up. Yeah. Uh, we've got three minutes left. Who? What What if someone in their natural disposition is glass half empty? So people would say that we're extroverts. Hmm. What have you, what does joy look like if you're an introvert? Because sometimes joy is seen as like a, a showy yeah. thing. Maybe you should ask an introvert, but I guess, yeah, true. I guess I'd say joy makes itself visible, doesn't it? But the, the visible aspect isn't the primary thing about joy. The, the primary thing about joy is that, that deep and settled delight and happiness in God, in who he is and what he's done for you. Yeah. You want it to show, the fruit is meant to show, but it's it's about the heart primarily. Again, it's a re relational thing. Yes.
that's it. We'll call it there. Mm. Um, wonder how this sort of free range and interesting to see when our massive listenership of three people listen to it they can give us some feedback (laughs) savage we love our three listeners (laughs) one of them in new mexico one of them in scotland and one in cardiff (laughs) oh dear well uh till next time see you sunday